Welcome to Fintech's DEI Discussions podcast series. This is the Women of Fintech chapter and we are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Dawn Beebe, Sales Director and Ruwani Hiwa, Product and Propositions Director at Neuropay. They are here today to tell us how they walk the talk for inclusion across our sector and what more they want done. Welcome, it's great to have you both here. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. So, Dawn, it'd be brilliant if you could open up and tell us a little bit more about Neuropay and the mission. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Neuropay is a medium-sized fintech. You know, our business is 20 years old, so in those two decades, we have grown immensely. And then actually two years ago, we were acquired by a MasterCard global issuer called EML. So that kind of gave us the investment to really then excel the next growth of, of our business. But yeah, we're a specialist in account-to-account payments, uh, regulated technology solutions. Brilliant, thank you. Ruwani, welcome. Your role as Product and Propositions Director, what does that look like day to day? And how did you get into this field? Sure. So being a product person or product manager, you have to wear many different hats. So sometimes you're wearing a marketing hat, a go-to-market hat, your technical hat. Essentially, you are kind of the glue between all the different departments to then go to market to sell your product. Our products, as Dawn mentioned, are in payments, so account-to-account payments, which sits alongside card payments. And the way I got into that is actually from a very traditional technology background. So I studied Bachelor of Science in Information Technology at the University of Technology, Sydney. And I actually started in a very tech role. So it was very male-dominated as well. I was very fortunate to have a good role model in my life, which was my father, who was also in technology. And then what I realized is I was actually good at understanding the technical concepts and then translating that to business. So then I became a business analyst and worked my way up to become a director. Wow, what a great story. And I love it that you've spoken about a really important role model to you because I think people often forget how important role models are and how they inspire and can set you off on a really great path. Dawn, share some of your work as sales director and your career journey. Actually, listening to Rowani, my career is very different. I guess I didn't have a, a degree, I didn't have any kind of stable grounding actually growing up. So for me, I had to go out, graft, earn money to survive, <laughs> earn money to, to pay my own, my own bills. And so for me, I've kind of worked my way up, listening, learning, spotting opportunities. And I think earlier in my career, I think not having that degree probably did hold me back a bit. I felt that I couldn't push myself into those type of roles. And now as an older person, I'm kind of like kicking myself, thinking, why why didn't I just push myself out of my comfort zone? As, you know, I mean, Brian Hanrahan, our, our newer pay CEO, he's been with the business for, for 20 years. He was one of the original crew. He, he's been fantastic in, in the three years that I've been with newer pay of really encouraging me to push myself as far as I want to go out of that comfort zone and, and embrace new, sometimes quite scary, sort of mm. speaking slot, standing on stage, which, you know, I wouldn't ordinarily put, push myself for. But yeah, I think you know, it's a combination, I think, of, you know, for, for me, is having that sort of survival graft attitude, work hard, and then just having leaders that see and believe in you and, and, and help you grow. Mm. I think that's a 
really good point. It is how we differentiate. I think the common thing is is having that role model, someone to aspire or someone that inspires you. I've been very fortunate to have great role models in my in my early career, both men and female, so both men and women. And I think being a female in fintech, your role model doesn't have to be female. Obviously, you can probably relate to it from a personal level better, but my foundation in my career was actually created from a great group of, of men. This is just, you just need someone who who believes in exactly. you and and for you also to be accountable and for you to to show that you're willing so i think yeah. there, there is that balance isn't there yeah, yeah I've, i really love that you've spoken about that balance it's the individual their drive but also in an environment and having so i, I like calling it like scaffolding you know like that support mm. structure around you to really allow you to thrive and give you that encouragement to do things as you say you wouldn't have ordinarily done and it takes me really nicely to our next question because i actually want to to ask you both this and I wanted us to talk about the importance of a great working environment and and how that really affects the success of somebody's career so do you want to be great if we start with you well I think if I if I skip to my second job because I think that's when I really grew as a person so I joined Cybersource this was an American payment service provider that started a, a sort of remote satellite business uh, in, in ba- they were based in Reading actually and I was the 11th hire now I joined to be a channel partner manager for them to both recruit revenue generating partners but also to support the financial institutions and kind of win new financial institution partners like PayPal and, and more acquiring banks that we could connect to. But because it was a small business, there were 11 of us, <laughs> my EMD would just walk in one day, hand me a facilities uh, leasing contract and say, can you have a look at that and see <laughs> if that looks okay, we're looking to move you know, yeah. you know, ne- next quarter. And so you know, I think making yourself adaptable will, will also give you the opportunity to learn and develop yourself. Now, I've no interest in going into facilities career, but you know, being exposed to those type of sort of business operational structure just gave me a different pers- perspective on, I'm not just here as an employee, you know, I, I am here, I'm part of this whole works. Yeah, and, part of it yeah. and the big decision making yeah, yeah. definitely and, I, and I, if I look back at my career I've, I've been fortunate enough to work for corporate businesses you know Cybersource was then acquired by Visa I, I worked at American Express I worked at Elevon but I've also worked for startups and medium sized developing businesses and you know what given the choice I would always now prefer a developing business just because you as an individual, I think, count more <laughs> your opinions. You get exposed to more of the business processes and, and helping a business improve. So whilst I have absolutely learned tons from those corporate businesses, you know, and I've fully embraced all the off-site days out and the Myers-Briggs psychology <laughs> tests and all those sort of luxuries that you have in working in a big corporate business. I much prefer working in chaos <laughs> in a developing you know, company that you say we don't have all the resources you know to, to fulfill all those roles that a corporate business has so you have to lend yourself to it. Yeah, yeah so, I love yeah. that. What would you say, Ron? I think mentoring internally as well as externally. As Dawn mentioned, in a big corporate you do generally have a lot of opportunity with mentoring. Sometimes, you know, they, they'll link you up with a mentor, but I, I personally believe it's up to you, what we mentioned before, about taking that initiative and finding a mentor, even if there's no formal mentoring program. Obviously, with a smaller company like us, we don't have a formal mentoring program, but I do mentor women outside of the business. 
trying to explain what my career is and trying to show, trying to be that role model, essentially, especially for a woman in tech. Mm. And can I pick up on one point, and this is a personal experience, and I'm not going to mention any names, but as well as the positive side of championing, championing women in business, I've also come across some women who see me as a threat mm. and seemingly go out of their way to throw me under the bus at every opportunity when they think that I'm trying to go for the promotion that they want. Or, and I'm, if, if that person, that individual actually took the time to get to know me I am none of that that's all I will find my own destiny I you know I wouldn't trample over my granny you know I'd keep my own integrity and so yeah I think my any advice to any you know women and men that are out there is that you know you, you know spot those individuals know who they are try to, to, to you know learn how best to manage those and how best to, to work and navigate around them but they are going to be who, who they are and and so, yeah, just don't be put off by them. You just carry right. on your career. I would agree. I don't think we as women actually talk about it enough how other women do bully other women. We talk about how we have to uplift each other, which is 100% I totally agree. And that's why I like to say, in my early career, men were actually very, very important to my career. But I feel like sometimes women interest groups is just an echo chamber of other women and we don't actually recognize the men that are allies and we don't recognize women that aren't allies. So I think we do need to talk about it a bit more. I don't know how, um, what type of platform, but in, early in my career, I was bullied that I had to leave the company mm. by a woman. Mm. So. Yes, yeah, similar experiences. I think I know a one solution to, to that. Whenever I turn up to industry events and there are specialist women in payments groups, there is nothing that delights me more than walking in and seeing men there. Mm. And, I th and, I, and I think actually, if those type of women in payments groups were more inclusive to men and to to have like the descriptions of all welcome you know mm -hmm. you know we, you know this is this is, this is a you know specific specific subject um, but all are, are welcome I think you'd then see you know more more guys coming to who want to champion but maybe don't want to come into a group of women with handbags and high heels and get overwhelmed by it. <laughs> I'm so so pleased that you are sharing such topics that you're absolutely right people don't really talk about this they don't talk about the threat that inclusion imposes or the conversation of inclusion and that word threat I've chosen very carefully because it's something that I'm I'm seeing a lot more of I'm trying to break down those barriers and actually you know this isn't about competition mm. it is about collaboration but you're absolutely right sometimes you know we'll say oh you know we must uplift but there are anchors in the room yeah. that are afraid they feel threatened by that uplifting because it might take away from their own light shining and actually it's about shining a light on yeah. on everyone mm. men included all genders all mm. genders should be involved in in inclusion so i'm really pleased that you're bringing up these really really important topics that you're absolutely right people don't bring up mm -hmm. near enough and dawn again it just takes me on to the next question because you know we were talking about how far have we actually come for inclusion in general in the workplace and you know th this topic is ex exactly central to to that conversation i think 
Newer pays industry of the, uh, the, the the regulated payments technology sector, I think we actually have come quite a long way. And it is because of the efforts of these women in payments groups, women in payments and fraud groups that, that I've been to, and also just the mindset of some of the leaders in these, these businesses. But I, I think we have come a long way. I mean, take our business, Rowani. We have got, I'd say, 60 to 70% of our departmental heads are women. Ooh, and and on our executive board, I'd say it's about 45% women. So actually, just looking internally in newer pays business, we do champion mm -hmm. individuals who've got the desire, who's got the skill set, and who've got the the work ethic to bring this the business on to the next level. It doesn't matter what creed, <laughs> colour, you know, what gender uh, you are, whether you want the job and you've got, you know, you've got the credentials to do it. Mm. And it's just working flexibly as well. So what I love about NorPay mm. and actually all the previous companies I work for, I don't have children, but the flexibility that you can, you have around doing your work, it's not necessarily nine to five, but as long as you get your deliverable done by X, you know, you're okay. You don't have to work this certain number of hours, nine to five all the time, but as long as you're engaging the teams and making sure you're managing expectations, that's what I love about working in this industry. And I've got one fantastic example of how women are championing women in this industry. I recently attended the Open Banking Expo up in uh, Islington, and I walked past a lady at the traffic lights, and I thought, I recognize her face, but I couldn't remember her name, and I couldn't, couldn't place her at, at the time, and it was raining, I had my umbrella up, and as I was walking to the expo, it, the, you know, the penny dropped, and I remembered who it was, and, uh, and I went up to her at, 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 later into the conference, and I said, it's Kate Fitzgerald, it's Fitzgerald, isn't it? And she said, yes, it's Dawn Beebe, isn't it? Now, Kate Fitzgerald is the head of policy at the Payment Services Regulator, the PSR. She is a, a very important lady, and she took the time out of her busy schedule, because she was speaking at various event, different seminars at that event, and she took the time to, to, to chat to me, just catch up with me generally and and I think it's things like this if if we can encourage um, women to 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 support each other to connect on LinkedIn and to make time to chat to each other even you know it, it, for, for a split second I couldn't remember how I, I knew her um, you know she still smiled at me she still acknowledged me which has got my brain thinking so we must support each other yeah, I love that. Moani, I want you to share some of your thoughts on the importance of investing in next generation and what you've seen that works. Okay, can I start with what I think doesn't work, which yes. I think is a bit controversial, quotas. So I went to a very technology-based uni and a few years ago they actually changed my degree where they were going to get, for females entering the degree, the, the score to actually enter the um, degree will be like 10 points less than males. And I just think that puts us women on the back foot straight away. Because if I was entering that degree in that year, I would be judged by the other men just because I'm a woman. And I really think that doesn't work. However, there's things that we can change in order to make sure women do actually enter STEM degrees. And that's all, I, I believe, in grassroots. So speaking at events, speaking at universities, speaking at high schools, which I used to do in Australia, don't do that now, which, is, <laughs> which actually was quite nerve-wracking, you know, speaking to a group of high school kids, but even just showing them, you know, the art of the possible about doing a STEM degree is, you know, amazing. They can, they probably think, oh, okay, there's actually a woman doing it, and, you know, I explain the fact that I travel around the world with this degree and how great it is. It's actually explaining to women that 
you do have the same opportunity as men and that there's a lot of skills and abilities that women can actually bring to STEM degrees as well. Mm. So. Like that story is really like hit like the fire in my heart, <laughs> like reducing the score for yeah. women to get, I mean, it just perpetuates one of the biggest problems we have yeah. in technology, let alone financial technology, where walking into the room, you're underestimated, you're undervalued. Exactly. And a lot of the work that I do is around getting getting people in the environment to understand it's about building better environment that welcomes all and, yeah. and focuses on understanding everybody's different opinion and valuing that and the psychological safety that's needed with that. And a quota that encourages the belief that women are less able yeah. infuriates me. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> even, when, me too. even when I joined, because I studied IT in Australia when you do a degree you have to generally go to that graduate program in a big corporate which is unusual it's not really that usual here in the UK so I did an IT graduate program at a large pensions and insurance company and even the HR lady she's like I'm so glad you applied because you were one of the few women that applied I was like it really threw me off because I was like wait a minute am I being judged on my mental ability or am I being judged because of my mm -hmm. physical appearance and that has stuck with me so much that I'm like, right, I'm going to do something about it. Always try and move the needle a bit for women. Mm. Mm. And thank you for sharing that. Like You've been brilliant today sharing such personal parts of your journey. Both of you have, and thank you for that. It takes me to my last question. So I always ask this question in this podcast because you'll have noticed when I introduce it, I say, let's walk the talk for change because I think there's a lot of conversations that people have, but when it comes to what environments are really like or what policies are in place, are they actually policies that are, that are used and are used fairly? So I'm all about action, and I believe that everyone listening to this podcast should feel like they can push action forward. So what would you like to see more of for everyone to be doing to really invest in genuine and authentic workplace inclusion? Make time make time you know I think I think it's more important now that we're in a, a sort of remote or a hybrid working environment you have to make time to get to know somebody have to make time to not just join a call or turn up to a meeting and and talk about and discuss the the, the task in hand but actually get to know each individual because that's when you can help them spot opportunities in in their career or extra work that you think that might interest them and vice versa they they then might help you so I think that the key learning in, in today's busy world is you've got to make time. Mm. You've got to make time for each other and, and to feel like a proper team, feel like a proper company, mm. rather than just robotic, yeah. task-fulfilling functions. Yeah, absolutely. And for you, Rwani, what more should we all be doing for workplace inclusion? Um, Beers after work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely agree with Dawn. I think understanding everyone's situation and scenario and showing a bit of empathy to be more flexible so actually my twin sister she's actually leaving the insurance industry because she's you know it's because it's not really flexible for her her life she's got two kids now she's very good at a job but it's just the fact that you know, there wasn't these flexible options everyone's different I totally understand when you know families need to do their family thing so just understanding, I guess, everyone's situation is quite different. I think, secondly, 
becoming a role model and like trying to get out there to get more uh, people into IT or into fintech, particularly women. I think I think younger generations still need role models, even though maybe we have moved the needle a bit because there are a lot more women I think coming into tech. But yeah, just trying to be that role model to other younger generations as well. Thank you. It's been absolutely brilliant learning from the both of you today and I'm so glad that we, we got to have such an open and heartfelt conversation and about things that other people haven't been saying, which is just amazing. So thank you both for joining us in the studio as well for Fintech's DEI Discussions podcast series. Mm-hmm.